Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping moms ditch perfection and find peace through planning. This is episode 43, Kitchen Knives 101. Hey everyone, I'm excited to be back with you this week. I just want to start out with a little story. A few weeks back, I was at a family reunion uh, at a large Airbnb, and I was in charge of making breakfast. Uh, And it was one of those weird times where I was in an unfamiliar kitchen, and I was cooking with unfamiliar products. In fact, I ended up chopping all of my veggies with a boning knife, which was a miserable experience, and it took forever. Turns out they actually did have a chef's knife, I found out later after I'd spent twice as long chopping as I needed to, but it was an interesting experience. Since this was a one-time thing, I was on vacation, I had a lot of company, um... Working in a less equipped kitchen really wasn't that big of a thing, but it got me thinking about all of you out there who are cooking regularly without the right kinds of equipment. As always, I'm going to take this minute to pause and point out that this is not intended to guilt or shame you. Um, Kitchen equipment can be expensive. There can be a lot of reasons that you are cooking without what you really need, but One reason that a lot of you are cooking without what you really need is just because you aren't sure what would make your life easier in the kitchen. So that's what the point of this is. Take your time to get there. You do not need fancy kitchen equipment to feed your family, and you can absolutely get by with what you have or find thrift items for what you need. So don't let not having the best of the best kitchen equipment be the reason you don't cook or the reason for excuses. However, I know that many of you just don't even know what kinds of items will make cooking easier. Or that there are actually super affordable versions of almost everything you need in the kitchen available. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the absolute most important piece of equipment to have in your kitchen is a good quality chef's knife. Good knives and some practice on your knife skills will be well worth the investment of both money and time. But what kind of knives do you even need? And after you make the investment, how do you take care of those knives? And how do you learn those knife skills that we talk about? Never fear, these are the questions we're going to tackle in today's episode so you feel fully equipped to either purchase or maybe even just sharpen the knives that you already have and start practicing. Let's dig in. We're starting out with which knives to buy. So I feel like when you get married or you get your first place on your own, you start looking for a good knife set. And I think this is a big mistake. Why would that be? Obviously you need knives for your kitchen. The reason is because there are really only three knives that most home cooks will use regularly enough to warrant spending a good chunk of money on. There's an optional fourth and fifth option that I'll go into as well, but for a beginner, you really only need three knives. So most of the knives in that knife block will never be used. You are also much better off getting a slightly more expensive version of the knives that we're going to dig into here next than you are buying an entire knife set where most of them will just sit in the block. So what are the three knives? The first, I already mentioned, and I mentioned in every episode, maybe not every episode, but I talk about it a lot, is a chef's knife. This is 100% the most important knife you can have in your kitchen. 
Get one for yourself and one for any other kitchen you might have to work in. Joking, sort of. This knife is a kitchen workhorse. When you're looking for a knife, look for one that's eight to 10 inches in length. I prefer an eight inch blade for my hand size and cutting style, but you might prefer a different size. Just try them out and see what you like. Um, I've tried many different chef's knives over the years. I've worked in a lot of different commercial kitchens. Uh, the one that I personally own is by J.A. Hankels. It's a budget-friendly knife coming in around $50 on Amazon currently. And I've had it for nearly 10 years and it still cuts wonderfully, especially after I've had it sharpened. We'll talk more about that later. You will use your chef's knife for so many kitchen tasks. Cutting fruit, veggies, meat, you name it. You could get by if we're speaking honestly with just a chef's knife in your kitchen and you'd be doing pretty darn well. There are lots of good brands out there. I already told you what I use. I'm not going to recommend just one because there are so many great options. I will drop several options in the show notes at different price points. Um, and you can do your own research, check out reviews. If you have a local kitchen store, you could even go in and see how different knives feel in your hand. You might find that you prefer one type of handle over another, or you might want to see what the blade thickness is, things like that. And maybe even decide if you prefer an eight inch or a 10 inch knife. All right, knife number two. Next up, we have got a paring knife. So paring knives are similar in shape to a chef's knife, but they are shorter and they're pretty thin. They're about three to five inches long and about mm, an inch wide. This knife will be useful for more delicate tasks, things like peeling, garnishing, um, dicing garlic, tasks like that. Basically, it will be useful for smaller items that your chef's knife would be a little bit cumbersome for. Again, I'm going to drop some options you can look at in the show notes, but there are also lots of great options there. Okay, the last absolute must-have knife is a serrated knife or bread knife. Uh, I actually just barely purchased a quality serrated knife in the last year. I'd had one, but it was terrible, terrible quality, um, and it has been life-changing. So your serrated knife will be your best friend when it comes to cutting really delicate items. So think bread, pastries, pastry dough, bread dough, and even tomatoes. One description that I really liked is that a serrated knife is basically like a mini saw, and it's really useful when the outside of an item is really hard, which is why it's so useful for bread, because the outside of the bread or the crust, particularly with some artisan type breads, might be pretty thick and crunchy, but you don't want to just smash your whole bread trying to get through that exterior. So that sawing motion will be really useful to getting through that crust. And that's a different motion than you typically use in your kitchen when chopping. You just saw back and forth and that will allow you to cut through those softer items, those more delicate items without destroying or smushing them. Okay. So those are my three must-have knives. I literally don't own a boning knife or a cleaver or so many of these other knives. If you're particularly interested in a certain type of cooking that that lends itself to these other knives, sure, you might want to pick one up, but I consider myself a pretty diverse cook and I do not need more than these three knives ever. 
I'm going to talk about my two optional knives next. And these are knives that I do use. They are nice to have, but I wouldn't consider them a need if that makes sense. So the first optional knife would be, it's actually multiple knives, and that would be a set of steak knives. So depending on how often you eat steak or other meat, you might want a set of steak knives. Um, I find that cooked chicken is usually tender enough for a butter knife, and we don't eat steak almost ever, maybe a couple times a year. Um, if you don't have tough meats often, you can honestly just share the paring knife at dinner. <laughs> um, maybe not the classiest thing ever, but it works. Uh, eventually, though, you may want to consider purchasing a set of steak knives. Steak knives, I would just focus on being good enough. You really don't need to break the bank on these. Just pick something good enough to get the job done. The last knife isn't really a knife at all, but a good set of kitchen shears. Again, you don't need these right away, but I do find them super useful in the kitchen. I use them for trimming chicken or meat. Uh, they're really useful for cutting up bacon, especially if you want it in like little crumbles before it's cooked. Um, but most often I use my kitchen shears for cutting my kids food into bite-sized pieces. There's nothing faster. <laughs> So now that you know the must-have knives, I hope that shopping or looking for knives will be a little bit less overwhelming. Once you have your knives in hand though, how do you properly care for them and keep them sharp for years to come? Like I said, I've had my chef's knife for almost 10 years and I don't plan on replacing it anytime soon. So. Now we're gonna go through three things that you need to do to properly take care of your knives. There's many more, but I find that these three things are kind of the most important um, and will really, they're not hard to do, but they'll really help when it comes to the longevity of your knives and keeping them sharp. So the first thing to do is to protect your blade. So a lot of people just keep their knives in a drawer and let them bang around in there. And you don't want to do that because that will dull the blade really quick. If you want to store them in a drawer, that's totally fine. Just get a knife cover for them. They make knife covers for all shapes and sizes of knives. I'll drop some of those in the show notes as well. And they're really inexpensive. Uh, you can even get kitchen shears that come with a cover on them. There are other ways to store your knives as well. You can, of course, store them in a knife block. And if you already have a knife block or you want to expand your knife collection over time, you can get a knife block and add knives as you get them. Another option would be those cool magnetic strips that you can put up on your kitchen wall and you can just store them right on there. This is nice for convenience in the kitchen. They're just always there at arm's reach to grab. However, for me, that's a little more frightening being that I have little kids in my house that would get them out and play with them. So for me, I actually do just keep them in my drawers with a knife cover on them and they've stayed sharp through the years. The next thing you need to do to take care of your knife is to hand wash your knife. So some knives might technically say that they're dishwasher safe, but it really is best practice to hand wash and hand dry your knife if you need to keep it in tip top shape. Um, there's a couple different reasons. Some knives, I think mine in particular, though it seems like it has a plastic handle, it's actually wood on the inside. And so just the hot water environment can eventually start to kind of penetrate in and cause that handle to expand and break. Um, Again, you have the problem that if your knife's in the dishwasher, it can be banging into other items as, the, as it's washing. 
And also some dishwasher detergents can be really abrasive. So just get in the habit of washing your knives. It's really not too time consuming, especially because you can still wash all of your other dishes. Um, and I don't even consider putting mine in the dishwasher anymore because it's just a habit and I don't notice it taking a lot of time to hand wash. So it's not really a big deal, but it is something to keep in mind and to add to your remember list as you get new knives. The third thing, and this is going to be a little bit of a longer section, I guess, so brace yourself. The third thing is to hone your knife regularly and to sharpen it as needed. Okay, so we need to start with some definitions here. Honing is what you would do with a steel. A steel might come with your knife. And again, it's a little bit hard to explain this via podcast, but I will drop a link to this in the show notes so you know what they look like if you don't have one. They can be purchased for really inexpensive. Um, But what a honing steel does is it helps you to straighten and realign the blade on your knife, making it sharper without removing any bits of metal. So it's really just focused on straightening and aligning the blade you have so that it cuts better. Sharpening, which is what you hear people say more often, sharpening involves actually removing tiny bits of metal, usually using some kind of a sandstone block and forming a completely new blade. So when you understand the difference between honing and sharpening, you'll be able to understand number one, why honing is so important, and number two, why honing should be done regularly and sharpening should only be done when needed. It's recommended to hone your knife every three to four hours of use. Some people hone every single time they get it out, which is not a bad habit to get into. You can't really over hone your knife, I guess. If you were cooking at home, every three to four hours of use would mean that you probably only need to hone it about once a week. Um, maybe even a little bit longer. Professional chefs hone their knife a few times per day because it's being used extensively. I'll be honest that I usually hone my knife when I notice that it's not cutting as well as I'd like it to. I don't have more of a system than that. So if you're honing about once a week, we'll say how often then should you sharpen your knife? And this depends on a lot of things, partially how well you're honing. If you're honing often you're going to have less uh, wear and tear on your knife and you're gonna be able to maintain that blade for longer and you might not have to sharpen it all that often at all. Advice varies here on how often to sharpen it and I've seen advice anywhere from every three months to every one to two years. Again in this case I don't have a hard and fast system I just let my knife tell me when it needs to be sharpened. So if my knife is starting to feel a little bit dull and honing just isn't doing the trick anymore I know that it's time to get it sharpened. You can buy a knife sharpener and do this yourself, but I've personally never been very good at it, so I prefer to get my knife sharpened professionally. I would say that I do it about once a year and I get it done at my local kitchen shop. Uh, I've also had success in the past getting it sharpened at a grocery store deli. Um, Just look around and see if you can find somewhere that does it in your area. It shouldn't be too expensive. Uh, I usually only pay, I think, $3, and my grocery store deli even did it for free. But if you're struggling with your knife and don't want to go out and buy a new one, it definitely doesn't hurt to go get it sharpened and just see what kind of new life, I guess, you can find out of it. The last thing we're going to chat about is knife skills. So cutting is an art and we're really just barely scratching the surface here, 
but I wanted to give you my two biggest tips for anyone starting out with cooking and with that, of course, chopping. The first tip is to always create a flat edge out of whatever you're cutting. Again, this is one of those things that is a little bit hard to explain without a visual, but I'll do my best. Basically, you want to cut whatever you're cutting, let's say it's a potato, in half, very first thing, so that you have a nice solid surface to cut on and that potato is not rolling around everywhere as you try to slice and dice it, which is super dangerous, first of all, but it also will take a lot more time. So once you've cut that potato in half, you put it the cut side down and it will be very, very sturdy on the cutting board because it's a completely flat surface that's flush to your cutting surface. And from there, you can go ahead and slice it into, you know, French fry shapes. You can dice it, whatever, but you want to always maintain that, that flat surface on the cutting board. The second knife skill is to cut more than one thing at a time when possible. And what I mean by this, I don't mean you're cutting an orange and an apple at the same time, but let's take that potato example again. After you've cut it in half, let's say you then cut it into strips, but you want to cut it into little cubes. So sometimes, and this might seem like a no brainer, but I've seen people do it so many times. I've worked in a lot of kitchens and been over a lot of people. So I know that people do this and Either you're going to say, duh, of course you do that, or you're going to think, you know, aha, I get it now. <laughs> that would be really helpful. So after you've cut a potato into strips, let's say you have your potato half and you've cut it into six strips, but you want little cubes. Instead of taking one of your strips and cutting it at a time, you'll want to just realign all of the strips that you cut. I like to just keep it in that potato shape that it came in squish them all back together, and then cut them all at once. Again, this might seem like a no-brainer, but I've seen a lot of people who don't do this, and this is not just something that I do with potatoes, it's something that I do with basically everything that I chop. If I'm chopping three pieces of celery, I'm going to chop all three of them at once. Just whatever you can do to get through cutting those things quicker, because for most people, chopping is one of the biggest uh, time sucks when it comes to cooking. And it's really easy to learn skills to get faster at it. Again, these are only two small knife skills, but they're some that I find the most impactful when starting out. But you really can learn so much about cutting, which seems kind of silly, but check out YouTube, check out some tutorials and find out how people are cutting specific fruits and vegetables or how they're cutting meat and practice and see how much faster you can get at chopping. So this was a really fun episode for me. You guys know that I love my kitchen knife, so it was fun to dedicate an entire episode to Knives 101. I hope that this episode has taught you everything, or at least gotten you a good head start on the things that you need to know about your knives and has gotten you a little bit jazzed about improving your knife skills. Next week, we are going to talk about camping and how you can prepare for your camping trip with a little work in advance to make the stress of cooking away from home and away from your kitchen no big deal and help you actually relax and have fun on your trip. You won't want to miss this episode. Until next week, happy planning. Happy planning.